0: Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome to the show. If you're just finding this show, if you're finding this stumbling upon it right now, you're in good hands. You're going to get a little bit of a review right now and a preview of what's happening in-depth from an ownership standpoint, from a game stack theory standpoint for the big GPPs, try and win all the dollar rooskies for some optimal type plays if it's more cash based. I'm going to go quarterback, running back wide receiver inside end. I have 20 pages on my right of game by game notes of breakdown notes that I have. I have my projections on my left. I have a bunch of other data right now in front of me that you can also see on your screen and a lot of other stuff that has basically gone into the preparation for the NFL Week 7 Daily Fantasy Sports Slate. So if you're a returning subscriber, I appreciate you so much. Hope your day has been beautiful and fantastic. And if you are just finding me for the first time, I hope to wow you right now. Hope you're having a great day as well. If at any point during this video, you get some sort of satisfaction. Maybe you don't even know. Maybe it's a good idea to second check right now. Hitting the like button one, that's easy. You don't even have to second check that. But the subscribe button, I really do appreciate it. That goes a tremendously long way for content creators in just being able to reach a lot more people and grow this thing and make it sustainable. So I appreciate that in advance. If you're listening on the podcast, how those ears doing? Hope you're also having a beautiful day. If you over there want to hit the follow or subscribe button and a chance, if you leave a five-star review, a chance to win a $50 giveaway one person a week will be entered and drawn from that so maybe only one person will do it and that will be you so be sure to do that the salve at your show and if you're watching on youtube go ahead and take a couple seconds of your time at some point do that as well that's the stuff that you can do for me so i appreciate that and the sponsor of the show as they have been every single friday on this show jock market that's the logo up above if you're listening on the podcast basically what jock market is is where a daily fantasy sports right a game daily fantasy sports we love it dfs meets the stock exchange okay maybe you're intimidated you don't know what the stock exchange is perfect way to kind of learn about it just by players or you know what the stock exchange is and this is the perfect marriage between some of your interests so their website will be linked down below as well as their app as well it's available in canada now and basically what it is is you buy low on these players stocks right so it'll be a list of a bunch of players and you get to choose which ones you want now you can't bid too low right you can't bid too low like on ebay because somebody will outbid you market the IPOs the initial public's offerings will open at 8am on Sunday and close at noon Eastern time on Sunday so you get a little bit of a bidding war in there up until noon you get some shares but then the beautiful thing is they've integrated live betting into it basically by buying and selling some of these shares live for players the whole idea here is based on fantasy points if you buy a player and at a low price he performs well bam, you're gonna get a huge ROI you buy a player at a low price and he doesn't do anything well you're probably gonna lose some money but not a ton that's the whole point of this you can buy and sell during so you can get an idea of what's happening during these games if you're watching it have a leg up on the competition there it's just a fantastic marriage of daily fantasy sports and a stock exchange where i've always had this idea in my head jock market now for about two months we've been partnered with them Been playing their site i'm very excited for it have some pga bets in right now as well some shares of colin morikawa i've been tracking so we will see how that goes but i also would like to mention that there is going to be a contest yet again on twitter that'll be pinned up on my twitter for a chance to get some free dollar ruskies into jock market and potentially one person going to win 50 so you can check all that stuff out their website their app and the contest linked down below in the description let's get into the video so we'll start this off with the quarterbacks you can see some of On the screen, Kyler Murray in Arizona. This game is going to stay on the main slate. If you're not already have heard, this game has been moved to the Sunday night game. But there's going to be Sunday night football for the Millie Maker in the main slate. It's been the first time in a while. I remember back in college, it used to be a fantastic time when that happened. They're going to be moving the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Vegas game to a four o'clock game. So now there's 12 games on the main slate. So be sure to adjust. We have those players projected. They're updated on Patreon projections, rankings, bunch of different tools, my game by game notes, closing thoughts, podcast, the showdown slates, a bunch of different stuff in there to help you out. That's all linked down below. The more informed you are, the better the chances that you have of indeed winning the dollar but this is now going to be on the main slate everything's adjusted there we have those players on this slate you can see with Derek Carr and Tom Brady on this sheet but yes Kyler Murray is somebody that I'll have a lot of interest in this week he has not been great as a passer bottom half of the league actually in the starting quarterbacks departments for yards per attempt for his accuracy rating but the big thing is that he's averaging eight and a half rush attempts for over 61 yards per game on the ground a touchdown per game right now is fantasy points per drop back because of that has been fantastic it's better than some of the best passing quarterbacks right now he's going to have a 34% pass blocking advantage which is going to be very strong for him maybe find some more running lanes but actually pick up that passing game usage and his main wide receiver in DeAndre Hopkins is going to have a beautiful advantage now Seattle's defense ranks 28th in pass rush and 12th in coverage this year their run defense has been very good but mainly against running backs not so much these mobile passing quarterbacks so his protection rate number one in the NFL so far according to player profile at 93.6 percent you're getting over 26 fantasy points per game right now out of him last week 9 of 24 in the air 188 yards and a couple of touchdowns but the big one 10 carries on the ground so exceeded his season average 74 yards also exceeded it and a touchdown, which is he's been averaging one per game right now. If you're looking to stack him up, I'd stack him up with the Andre Hopkins in game stacks. Then Christian Kirk would be the second option. Running it back with Tyler Lockett is probably the most affordable option over DK Metcalf, but I'm fine with either of those guys. Punt plays from this game. I'm not really looking at either side of Arizona's punt plays. Andy Isabella, you know what you're getting. Maybe you get two deep shots in the game. You have to hope that one connects. And even then, is it going to be enough depending on how deep that shot is? Is it only 25, 35 yards or is it 60 to 70 yards? That's going to be something that you have to take the risk on. Fitzgerald, no real interest in getting him in stacks run back options again Metcalf and Lockett on that side next up going to Deshaun Watson facing the Green Bay Packers this is a fantastic spot and right now for me he looks like my favorite quarterback play as I record this on Friday morning we'll see if that adjusts throughout the week he's going to have close to a neutral pass blocking advantage maybe there's a little bit of an advantage on the defensive line of the Packers who rank 23rd right now in pass rush but 10th overall in coverage the Houston Texans offensive line has been improving since midway through last year and even since the beginning of last this year where they had some struggles they're right now fourth in protection rate he's averaging 33 attempts per game right now you're getting about 18 so around two fantasy points on the ground to kind of cancel out any turnovers that you might see from him a 68 percent completion percentage is 10th in the nfl right now and last week he had the game of the year and he's been fantastic the last three weeks there's arguably and i would say that there's not a better quarterback in football stats wise and just efficiency wise and numbers and all this than deshaun watson the issue is he's only won one of those three games last week 28 of 37 355 yards four touchdowns and he had 28 yards on the ground he gets a packer secondary right now that again it's going to be good for jair alexander he's been strong Everywhere else, for the most part, Darnell Savage, the second-year player in their secondary, has been dealing with some injuries. Their linebacker in core is not the greatest. And you have all the stacking options in the world. Track Jordan Atkins. He still had not practiced as of Thursday. We'll see if he practices on Friday. If he's out, you have four very strong stacking options, in my opinion. Well, we could say three very strong and one good and quality option in a stack for the Houston Texans teams. It goes Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks. Randall Cobb would be that good to kind of okay option, right? If you're going in a stack for a cheaper option, who still sees some targets, revenge games as well for him, and then Darren Fells, who's coming onto a huge role in this offense since Jordan Aikens has been out. A 56 implied game total, they're three and a half point underdogs with 26.25 team implied, 8.9 yards per attempt. Look, Deshaun Watson, this is his thing. We mentioned it on the Wednesday show. If he's trailing in games and has to play from behind, like they were last week, down 14 nothing, I was licking my chops. as his, he was my single entry main lineup quarterback and higher stakes. I was just saying this stack is going to go off now. They're down 14-0. This is exactly what you want. So if you're owning Deshaun Watson this week, you want to be hoping that the Packers go up 10-0 like last week the Packers did or 14-0, right? That's the opportunity that you get from Deshaun Watson to really pop off and just throw 40 times a game like he did last week when he completed 28 of them. Next up will be Matthew Ryan Forrest. And if I look over now and a peek behind the curtain on my Patreon, so Deshaun Watson, like I said, was a pretty strong option. Matt Ryan comes in as a top five quarterback overall play for me on the week. And that's why he's going to be a yes this week. So Matt Ryan, team implied for 20 29.75. It's pushing 30 in some spots right now. Implied team total. So that's going to be a fantastic option. Full steam ahead for Calvin Ridley, who left the last game a little bit banged up. He's going to be a little bit cheaper now. You have a price bump to Julio Jones, but they said Hayden Hurst, they're saying that he's going to get more usage and he's been getting decent usage, especially those first couple of weeks target wise. But they say they want to get him involved more, that he's a big weapon for them. So those are three main stacking options. The fourth one will be Russell Gage. Pulling it back on the opposite side, your obvious stack is going to be Kenny Galladay. I would go to Marvin Jones after that. Yes, I know DeAndre Swift is very good last week, but he still only played 38% of the snaps. So it's a runback option at a more expensive price point. I'd rather pay the play the guy that everybody's down on who's still getting routes. And yes, he's been terrible in Marvin Jones. But that would be my second option as a runback option uh, against Atlanta if you're going for a full on game stack. Otherwise, Matt Ryan paired up with Julio Ridley and Hayden Hurst probably in that order is where I would be going factoring in price right now. Matt Ryan's been fantastic over 305 yards per game right now leads this slate. You're not getting any interceptions out of him to this point. Everything's been good. He's throwing over 40 times per game. That's number two on this slate. So go for Matthew Ryan, he's going to be a fine option. And the whole goal of these shows also, so I'll point this out to all you beautiful people watching right now is also not just to give you the plays, right? You know, some of the quality plays, it's to try and teach you how to build some leverage lineups, whether it comes to ownership and things like that. So we can discuss ownership as we go through this or what's going to be looking like projected ownership. I don't think that any quarterback based on how many quarterbacks look like they're in good spots at decent price points. I don't think any of them are going to extremely pop off in a major way. I do think Deshaun Watson is going to be owned. I think Matt Ryan's going to be owned. I think this guy that we're going to talk about right now and Patrick Mahomes will be owned. but I don't think anybody pops off for like 15% ownership like you were getting at a Dak Prescott in previous weeks or even Kyler Murray. Then you add in Tom Brady and Derek Carr, who both look like fine options as well on this slate, projection wise or value wise for Derek Carr's standpoint being cheaper, very cheap right now at just $5,400. When you add those guys into the slate, it balances out ownership even more. So I mean, I don't really know if anybody even hits 15% ownership. I don't even know if anybody hits 12% ownership. So for the most part, stacks, if you're full on game stacking, if all the quarterbacks are only like five to 8% owned at the most, right, five to 10% owned, your game stacks, probably most of them in most contests will be like one percent on. If you're playing higher stakes, maybe there'll be like four percent on somewhere around there. So it's kind of easy to get unique just from that regard because it's a balanced out slate with a lot of strong options. And the next one would be Patrick Mahomes. He goes from a maybe to a yes for me. Patrick Mahomes, look, he's fairly priced at $7,400 for what he's going to do for you. I haven't projected for 26 fantasy points, right? That's the most out of any quarterback on the slate. And he's not even the most expensive right now. Yes, more than Russell Wilson and some other players. So Patrick Mahomes looks good. Denver's defense has been fantastic. Don't get me wrong, right? They're tied with number one overall in pro football focus right now with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're up there and run defense and pass rush. Their coverage has been pretty solid even after losing chris harris jr but the chiefs have been really good at protecting patrick mahomes number seven on the year he's going to have a 33 percent pass blocking advantage this week denver ranks eighth in pass rush and tied for fourth in coverage but their defensive line is only 31st overall in pressure rates overall so their pass rush also factors in their sacks and how much they get to the quarterback but the amount that they're actually pressuring has not been that great so it's going to be neutralized by this offensive line for the chiefs which helps patrick mahomes he's top 10 in air yard attempts right now per game and completed air yards. he's top five in passing yards so everything from real life might not seem as crisp for this team because they've lost or been. At the brink of losing a couple of times this season, overtime, things like that. But from a stacking standpoint, it looks like it's never been better. Kelsey's still elite. There are some good tight end options Darren Waller getting added to the slate. Now a punt option in Cameron brake gets added to the slate, but you're going to still have a cheap Travis Kelsey, in my opinion, relative to other 6K wide receivers, if you compared him, you're going to have a very cheap Tyree kill in the 6K range. You can punt with Demarcus Robinson and stacks like this. And the run back options, that's where the issue comes in. Can this team keep it up? But they're implied for 28 and a half points. Can Denver keep this thing close? Who do you run it back with on the opposite side? The answer is kind of a shrug emoji, right? Like is it Jerry Judy? Who's your other option? I don't really, you know, the Chiefs' run defense has not been fantastic, but I'm not really sure I want to be playing Melvin Gordon where Philip Lindsay handled a full workload last week and might be in line for more work. So the issue for me, the only issue with Patrick Mahomes is when I'm running my optimal. my 150s who is it going to pull from the other team will it pull somebody more than it's going to pull from Atlanta running back with Detroit and things like that that's when it would become an issue if I'm going to be playing a lot of Travis Kelsey I'm not going to get a lot of no fan I'm not going to run two tight end set lineups more times than not so it looks like maybe Jerry Judy gets in there if not that then it's really difficult to get a run back option maybe one of these running backs but they're nine point underdogs aren't the greatest spot so that's my only concern with Patrick Mahomes he's a yes for me he looks fantastic I would consider him for cash I would consider all these guys that are yeses for cash and as a lower own tournament play like if he's only going to be like six percent on the tournaments with these snacks it does look very good it's just the run back options are concerning my fifth and final yes right now is actually going to be justin herbert this team has just continued to get insane implied points 20 and a half implied points They're seven and seven and a half point favorites so some of the running backs look good here but you know herbert's overall target share is so condensed basically when keenan allen is healthy Allen's seen double-digit targets, Hunter Henry seen like six to eight targets, and bam, those are my two top options. After that would be Mike Williams, and that's probably it that I want to be messing around with here for the overall stacking options from this team. But Herbert's looking good. He's chucking the ball a ton right now. Herbert is attempting 35 attempts per game, and he's at 299 yards per game at 8.5 yards per attempt. So based on this slate, he's the third most efficient cornerback out of the 24 that are on the slate from a yards per attempt standpoint. He's going to have a positive pass blocking advantage, even though his pass blocking has not been great, 28th in the league so far this season. But the upside is that Jacksonville is, absolutely terrible 30th and pass rush 22nd in coverage right now they're 26 in terms of how many yards they allow to the opponent at 271 per game so that's not good that means they're bottom six in the nfl justin herbert has been fantastic according to player profile they track a stat called money throws just high pressured throws and factors in some things he's number two in that department as a rookie he's making the big time throws he's top five right now in pass rating his completion percentage is top 10 i already mentioned how many yards per game he's putting up he's a very fantasy friendly quarterback in a great spot he's my final yes, just because his stacking options are so easy and yes there are runback options now they're going to be big underdogs in this one. So Robinson, James Robinson might not be the best runback option, but you do have DJ Shark is probably your primary one. You do have LaVisca Chenault as an option as well. And just to finish up some of the quarterbacks here, I do have some other ones. I'm going to have interest in some of the other sides of these games that I have a lot of interest in high totals. I just have more interest in in different quarterbacks for stacking reasons, for salary reasons, for rushing upside reasons. So Matthew Stafford, I'm going to have interest in Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson are kind of the guys on those opposite sides of the Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson and Matt Ryan stacks. I like Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray's uh, stacking options slash rushing upside a little bit more there. And also the price point on Kyler Murray, $900 off of Russell Wilson. But those quarterbacks are still in play for me. Cam Newton is going to remain in play, but he's more so like a a strategy type play. If you want to run him naked in some situations, probably more so higher stakes. It's just difficult to want to get to him with pairing him up with Julie Edelman, who had that one big game, but for the most part has not done anything. It's difficult to want to pair him up with Nikhil Harry, who looks honestly really bad out there. James White, I'm not pairing up with his running back, even though they might be correlated for like six overall completions with each other. It's not high upside. It's not the 100 plus two touchdown game type of correlation. That you're looking for, so Cam Newton's a maybe for me, and it's really just somebody that I would consider running naked. I mean, right now he's averaging 11.3 rush attempts per game, most in the NFL. He's averaging 56 and almost a half yards per game right now, only behind Kyler Murray and I think slightly behind Lamar Jackson. So he looks very good from that standpoint. Cam Newton is going to be a run naked option only for me, and then two cheapies. If you're looking for 5K options, Joe Burrow and Derek Carr. You know Joe Burrow is going to sling it. 41 pass attempts per game right now, and he's going to get a matchup here against the Cleveland defense that has been good. Joe Burrow has gone not going to have the greatest pass blocking advantage. Cleveland secondary ranks 13th in pressure and 14th in coverage so far this season and the cleveland allows the 27th most yards per game though so they're allowing a lot of passing yards to opposing quarterbacks bottom five fifth worst in the nfl at 272 per game so burrow continues to lead the nfl in attempts per game right now at 246 so far he also has two rushing touchdowns which is important to call out and he has stacking options so although it's maybe not the greatest matchup that you can see out there only averaging 6.6 yards per attempt he's been sacked a slate high 24 times right now 8.8 adjusted sack percentage only josh allen's right now buffalo bills offensive line is worse for him so that's not great but you have the sack options. Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, A.J. Green. Those are the ones that you know you can have, and you could bring it back with many of different options. Kareem Hunt looks like a strong play, right? OBJ, Landry to an extent. So that's your game theory play there in the lower end. I would prefer to go to Derek Carr over Joe Burrow right now If I'm going for a cheapie down here. He's $100 cheaper. He's actually been a little bit more efficient, a lot more efficient, 8.2 yards per attempt. He also has strong passing options. I mean, Darren Waller is a top stack that I would go to there, and you can run it back with Chris Goblin, who looks good. Mike Evans, who looks fine. Ronald Jones is just meh, but I would prefer Chris Goblin. And you could also stack it up if you wanted to with a Henry Ruggs for downfield upside. You can stack it up if you wanted to with a Hunter Renfro who I have projected for close to 11 fantasy points so I do prefer Derek Carr the obvious downside is that he's facing the number one overall defense that just made Aaron Rodgers look very pedestrian for three and a half quarters of football so that's your biggest concern here against the Tampa Bay Bucks, which is why these guys are maybes I'm probably not dipping down to this 5k range if I did it would be to Derek Carr but I'm probably not going to get down there let's now move over to the running back position so the running back position we go and we started off with alvin kamara who's going to be owned he's going to be 20 plus percent owned i think there's going to be a couple of cor- uh, running backs who separate in terms of ownership and then some who are going to be under owned and we can get to some specific ones on the that one dude show that comes out tomorrow on saturday but alvin kamara great spot over a touchdown favorite 29 implied team total he's averaging over 1.1 fantasy points per touch right now the matchup against carolina they're 32nd overall in defense alvin kamara is somebody that i prioritize in your cash games if you can and go from there then if you can't fit him well there's a lot of other great options but i would prioritize him in that spot averaging over 21 opportunities per game Mike. get mike thomas is expected back still dealing with an ankle and a hamstring injury so maybe he misses again but this matchup is too good the game sets up perfectly i haven't projected right now for overall 20 plus touches for alvin kamara so looks very good 7900 he's obviously for me at least a yes next up is aaron jones who on wednesday's show i said was alvin kamara light and he's also going to pick up a lot of ownership probably 20 plus percent because they're three and a half point favorites against the houston team that is absolutely leaking points right now i mean you could just look at what happened last week with derrick henry running all over them right this is a situation where the Packers are going to have a positive run blocking advantage as they have the number three overall run blocking unit. The Texans ranked 27th in run defense and 26th in tackling. So a very strong spot for Aaron Jones, who is over one fantasy point per touch right now, who is averaging over 20 and a half opportunities per game, who sees a 7.5% touchdown rate. So he's very active yet again in the red zone. And he's also active in the receiving game. He's currently seventh in targets. He's currently has 18 receptions so far this season and a 17% target share ranks fourth amongst running backs. Active pretty much everywhere you're going to go. Nine yards per reception, $7,200 right now, Aaron Jones. And on jock market, he's number 12 overall. I think that might be a spot to find some value on Aaron Jones, who already one time this year has been the number one overall king on Jock Market. Again, link down below. You can check out Jock Market. Check out their website and app if you have a second of your time. That's all linked down below. And enter the contest, which will also be linked down below. You can head over to Twitter to get entered. And you can try and win some free rookies over on Jock Market. Next up is going to be Kareem Hunt. So these are pretty much like three of the likely four, if not the only three chalk bunnies of the week. And I mean like guys that are pushing 20% ownership. And these should be the three guys. It's pretty easy to identify them. Kareem Hunt, three and a half point favorite. Nice implied total around 27. seven. Gonna have a matchup against Cincinnati, which is just going to be one that you should probably start looking at your chops out if you're Kareem Hunt. Nick Chubb is going to remain out with his knee injury and basically right now you're going to have a nice run blocking advantage for the Browns where they have the number two overall run blocking unit right now in the Bengals rank 21st in run defense so not great bottom third in the league but they are eighth in tackling which is good to see but kareem hunt even after being like the one a back for a couple of weeks is already up to 13th overall in carries he's already seen top eight usage in terms of the red zone with 22 red zone attempts you're getting the good fantasy points per touch upside you're still getting a nice amount of targets as well right now it's, it's going to be skewed a little bit but he's getting a good amount of volume you're getting the 20 plus workload that you saw with kareem hunt uh, taking over as a primary back and no nick Chubb out there he's seen a top 15 in terms of fantasy points per game and now he just gets a very nice matchup to where i have him project for about 18 and a half to 19 opportunities in this game. Get me some Kareem Hunt at 6,800. But this is the interesting spot that we get to now. The rest of the yeses and guys that are going to quickly start to become like 10% owned only, because a lot of those guys up top that we touched on are going to be sucking up ownership. So another guy I'll quickly touch on is that Ezekiel Elliott is going to be somewhere around 15% owned. Yes, he keeps on fumbling. Yes, you had more Tony Pollard because of that last week. But this is a guy coming into last week that was only behind Derrick Henry and Opportunity Share. This is guy was going to be a favorite right now. Not the greatest of team totals, that's the issue. If they're not going to get to the red zone as much or Vegas is thinking that they will won't. Without Dak Prescott, then that can be an issue if you're not in the red zone as much. But it doesn't matter. Like last week, he still saw a 20% target share on 11 targets in this offense, right? Yes, he fumbled the ball, so if that happens, that's going to be a concern. He's number 10 on jock market right now with a 1x multiplier in super draft at 7,800. I do prefer Kamara. I do prefer saving money and going to other spots. But if he's only going to be like 15%, owned, you don't have to run away from it, thinking that he's going to be super chalky or anything like that. He's going to have a positive run blocking advantage this year, but he has not had the greatest of offensive lines. Just 25th in run blocking. Washington currently ranks 14th in run defense and 12th in tackling. He's seen only 58 of the snaps in week six due to the two fumbles. I expect that to come up. Again, I do not have as much interest in him as some of the guys above him. I'd rather pay the ownership and also price a bump if you're talking about Alvin Kamara, but he's definitely in play. But now we get to this part of the sheet where you're going to have guys who are going to be just cheap, right? They're going to be way too cheap, in my opinion. So you get Mike Davis on here at $6,600. So you're probably going to get a decent ownership discount on. I don't know, maybe he'll come in somewhere around 12% because of the guys that are right next to him in price range of Kareem Hunt and Aaron Jones. But this is a guy who continues to see all the workload. He led all the running backs in week six with a 92% snap share. Now he was, Fantastic on his touches. He did not see any passing game work, believe it or not. He basically saw no passing game work relative to his past weeks, but he still got a touchdown on the ground. He still saw basically all the opportunities with Trent Cannon seen like four opportunities last week. And don't get me wrong, the Saints' run defense has been better, and it's going to improve overall with their secondary getting back and healthy for an overall defensive unit. But you're still getting these 17 opportunities per game for Mike Davis, and that's definitely skewed because of the fact that he's factoring in some of the games when Christian McCaffrey was there. You're seeing basically, since McCaffrey went down, 20 plus opportunities per game. Yes, the matchup is difficult, but this is a decent leverage spot to Mike. Davis that I like. I also like Clyde Everett Tolaire this week. It's not 100% official if Le'Veon Bell is going to play. He's expected to play, but he has to be able to pass all of his tests and then be in condition and be ready with the playbook to an extent. So I think he'll be limited at best, but either way, like Le'Veon Bell, maybe eight to 10 touches, which opens the way for Clyde Everett Tolaire as a nine point favorite in this one to have himself 16 to 18 opportunities, right? 20 opportunities still, depending on how often he is in there on the passing downs, which I expect him to still be the main pass catching back. He's averaging right now over five targets per game. The Chiefs will not have the greatest of run blocking advantages in this one. They are top 10 in run block. But the issue is the Broncos ranked second overall in run defense and fifth in tackling. So if you play Clyde Ebert at this discounted price because of Le'Veon Bell's there and some uncertainty, you're also getting a discount off of the matchup. But you have to get that passing game role probably working more so for you. He's seen 17.8 carries per game alone so far this year. His opportunities, again, at 23 right now, is fifth highest on the slate out of all these 24 teams that are playing. So he's seen all the opportunities in the world. The issue is that this is obviously Le'Veon Bell's first game after leaving the Jets. So what will the snap share be at this point? I think the target share will remain relatively high, around 15% in a lot of these. Games for Clyde. If he can still get himself around 14 carries on the ground, he's going to be a fine option for you to threaten still towards 20 total opportunities. Clyde Edwards Lair, right now, for me, if I go over to my projections, and he's going to be somebody that's not picking up ownership, at least not in a major way. I think he'll probably come in around 10% owned because of the fact that people are going to be concerned when more times than not at this price tag, he'd probably be around 20% owned if there was no levy on Bell. Clyde Edwards Lair, for me, if I go based on value right now, my rankings is around the top 10 or 12 play, so it makes sense based on where the ownership is checking out for him. My final yeses are going to be some cheap options. The first one, Justin Jackson, who is likely. Going to be leveraged for you off of a guy who I don't expect to be chalky, Kenny and Drake, maybe 10% owned. But I think that Justin Jackson is going to be somebody that is basically unowned, maybe around 5%. So if you get about half the ownership at a guy who maybe is going to have just similar work. Definitely probably gonna have better pass game work and Justin Jackson, who saw 21 opportunities the last time that he went out there. You're going to have Austin Eckler remaining out here, and the Chargers do have a positive run blocking advantage, even though the run blocking unit 31st in the NFL, but again, they're facing the Jags, who right now rank bottom third and bottom really eight in the NFL in run defense, which you had in week five, right? They had a bye week in week six. Week five, Jackson plays. 59% of the snaps to Kelly's 35 he saw 15 carries for 71 yards to Kelly who only saw 11 for 29 keep in mind the two weeks before this Kelly fumbled twice he fumbled in back-to-back weeks the two weeks before that so it allowed the veteran in Jackson to probably get a more easy footing in the door and he proved himself catching five of his passes on six targets as well for 23 yards overall it was Justin Jackson's backfield now after a bye week the rookie maybe get some things sorted out do they put it back to 50 50 yeah there's a real chance and that's why the ownership is not high here I have Justin Jackson projected for like 13 fantasy points which is a lot so I'm still projecting basically the. 60 40 split if it goes back to 50 50 you're kind of screwed there i'm not jumping up and down for these guys right now i do think i prefer justin jackson to Kenyon drake ownership discount and they project out pretty similarly so it's just basically an obvious choice to go to the lower owned guy there for only a hundred dollars more Kenyon drake you know what he did last week but he's still a two down back he only saw two targets last week the game flow is in a perfect situation he scores a 69 yard touchdown in the last seconds to basically get you like an extra 14 fantasy points on that week when you factor in the DraftKings bonus so i'm not going to jump up and down for him but yes if you're going to get a guy who continues to see even in games that are new neutral game script is slightly negative like this one still going to see 15 opportunities one or two targets and 13 carries probably closer to 16 to 18 with all the red zone work to this point it's hard not to say that kenny drake can't be in play for you and it's hard not to say that he's not a yes based on projections like right now kenny drake looks like one of the better value plays on the slate in my opinion and now we get to some of the guys who are going to probably be just lower owned and maybe this is where you can start to get some leverage so james connor continues 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 to produce now he'll have a matchup against tennessee which is fine in my opinion so these are now some of the maybes that we can sprinkle in or get some leverage on depending on what we're going to do with final ownership chris Carson. Carson is somebody that's not going to get as much ownership as he should. You're probably going to see a decent amount of ownership on some of the, the Russell Wilson, but maybe the pass catchers in DK and Tyler Lockett in this matchup against Arizona. But if Carson's single digit owned as a favorite right now with a 30 implied team total for somebody who's been very good, 0.96 fantasy points per touch right now, and he's not even that great of a pass catcher, but he is seeing 4.6 targets per game and 17 over opportunities per game. A lot of red zone work. So I do like Chris Carson in this spot at lower ownership. You're going to get a discount off of Derek Henry, which I think is deservingly. So you're going up against Pittsburgh, number one run defense, the tied with Denver for number one overall defense. Joe Mixon is somebody that I'm going to be tracking against Cleveland, $6,300, because he's right now on this slate, number three in overall opportunities, 24.2 opportunities per week. So somebody that I want to continue to track is Joe Mixon to this point. He's getting all the work. He's going to be questionable with a foot injury. So keep make sure to keep an eye on that. The Bengals don't have the greatest run blocking advantage because Cleveland's right now run defense is 15th, but they're top 10 in tackling. Mixon has 30 plus touches in two of his last three games. He's top 10 in routes run. He's being used all over the field right now, and he's just $6,300. And you're going to be getting a discount of him off of him based on some of these guys who are priced all the way up with a lot of ownership. Like I think Mixon probably still is 15% owned, but he's getting all the work. So it's fair in my opinion. Todd Gurley, somebody who's probably going to be a lower owned option, single digit ownership. He's a favorite on a high implied total. That's basically all I can say for you. If he doesn't score touchdowns, he's basically Kenyon Drake at this point. Josh Jacobs is now added to the slate. It'll be interesting to see where his ownership goes against a team in Tampa Bay. That's been fantastic against the run. They shut down and Stonewall, Aaron Jones last week. So I'm a little, bit, a little bit hesitant to go there. The big one I want to talk about Raheem he going on the IR. Keep an eye on if Jeff Wilson does return for Sam. Fram. I know that Jermichael Hasty is out there, but I'm not falling for any of this Jermichael Hasty crap. oh, well, but Jermichael Hasty out touch Jarek McKinnon. I mean, if you factor in the targets and, and receptions, it was basically an even split. And that was with no Jeff Wilson out there. I'm projecting this as if it's basically Jarek McKinnon's backfield in a good matchup against uh, New England. The only problem is that they're going to come in as underdogs with not a great implied game total or team total. But if I'm projecting Jarek McKinnon for around 16 to 18 overall touches at this price point, that's going to look very good. And the thing that makes it look even more impressive is the fact that he's probably not going to be cracking 8 to 10% ownership. So let's move over now. Now to the wide receivers. So, as we move over now to the wide receivers, you're going to see a long, long, long list of yeses, and I can even scroll down even more to yeses. Sal, how do you have so many yeses? How do you have so many inches at wide receiver? What are you talking about? I only got 34 inches at wide receiver this week. That's how it should be. There's 24 teams on the slate. If I'm going to stack up somewhere around in my 150s, like 6 to 12 quarterbacks, depending on how many 1% guys I get, I'm going to have a lot of interest in stacking options for wide receivers and then a lot of interest in just one off options. So, before we keep going, just be sure to mention that I do have projections and rankings down below for all these games. I do have a closing thoughts podcast and 20 pages of game by game Notes, breakdowns, all that stuff by the time that you're watching this should be out. The game notes are going to be getting finished up today. Showdown information, some other data as well. So be sure to check that all out on my Patreon, linked down below. Patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Betrie underscore. The more informed you are, the better the chance of you winning. These videos are going to put you at a better edge compared to people not watching these types of videos. But the more informed you are with projections, rankings, ownership coming very soon, hopefully by next week on the Patreon, be sure to check that all out, linked down below. And also like and subscribe. Now we get into the wide receivers, and a lot of these, again, they're going to be run back options or stacks. So Devonte Adams, it's not even the fact that I just like him as a stack with Aaron Rodgers who I have some interest in or I like him as a primary runback option with Houston who I have a lot of interest in it's the fact that he just grades out if I factor this on my Patreon right now my projections by value he grades out as my number three value play that's how many fantasy points I have this man projected for makes sense when you have a 30 implied team total and you're somebody on your team even in a week where your team sucks you're still bringing in six for 66 on 10 targets you're still seeing a 30 plus percent target share and 10 targets per game right now in Devontae Adams and your matchup this week against who Bradley Roby is uh, going to be somebody that thinks that they can even have an opportunity at stopping you not at all it's a 21% positive matchup according to Pro Football Focus against Bradley Roby for Devontae Adams. He's seen a 29.5% target share this year. He's fourth most in the red zone at 20% so far. So it's very good to see. First game back since week two, he ended up having six for 61 against Tampa on 10 targets. So you like to see that usage still being there. Next up is Ridley, who seems to be healthy. And this is probably where I'd start to pivot back this way this week. I think that you're probably going to end up getting Julio Jones. Either either of these guys are going to have fantastic matchups. So there is Julio or Ridley. Ridley's probably going to get the matchup against the rookie, Jeffrey Okuda. And right now, Pro Football Focus has this as the number two overall matchup advantage plus 63% against the rookie for Calvin Ridley. He's seen about 40% of his team's air yards. He's seen currently 91 yards per game and 15.4 air yards per target. I like Calvin Ridley a good amount. I probably prefer him so far this week to Julio Jones, but don't get that twisted too much. Like right now against Amani, Julio Jones is also going to have a very strong matchup, a top five matchups on the week. So like this Atlanta team, this Matt Ryan team, this is why he's a yes. These two primary options who are both expensive. Yes, Julio 71, Ridley 73. If you can find a cheap option to run it back with, maybe a Marvin Jones to get some ownership or some price discount, right? You can't really... Stack it up with Kenny Gowdy, starts to get expensive. They both look very good for me and they both profile out as very, very strong plays. DK Metcalf next up, he's also going to have a strong matchup against Dre Kirkpatrick, a positive 23% advantage against Kirkpatrick, who so far this year is allowing a 72% catch rate and 1.34 yards per coverage route. Kirkpatrick is right now a 48 grade. So think about grades like a test. The high 90s are very good on your test in high school and college, right? That's basically the same for Pro Football Focus. Kirkpatrick so far this year grades out in the 40s. Not good. Met- Metcalf, huge advantage. And Metcalf, I think, would be my primary runback option on those arizona stacks with lockett being very close lockett i also have interest in he's going to be on this list all three of the seattle wide receivers are going to be in the top 18 for matchup advantage this week whether it's david moore's wide receiver three lockett david moore 18th overall in terms of positive matchups out of all the 24 teams and all their three wide receiver sets that are on the slate that's very good when you're starting to talk about somewhere in like the 70s in terms of overall wide receivers on the slate all the seattle guys are going to have positive advantages that are in the top 20 lockett will be 15th overall Metcalf top 10 overall and then you're going to have david moore 18th overall i'll touch on steph diggs because i think that whole game is going to be low owned i don't think the jets can keep up too much so that's going to be your bigger concern but steph Diggs continues to grade out very well it's hard not to project him for like a 25 to 30 percent target share which starts to come close to 10 targets he's getting separation he's targeted downfield and in the red zone and in short distances now i do think steph Diggs is probably the one guy in this game that will pick up ownership i'm not sure if it'll approach like anywhere near 20 percent. i think adams will be the highest home wide receiver maybe somewhere around like 12 percent. so it makes me seem a little bit less interested in getting to him but he's getting all the usage and air yards he's getting 10 targets per game so it's a lot to see will fuller might see Jair Alexander. Right now, pro football focus is having it that way. I don't think it's going to be as much of a shutdown as Jair was on Mike Evans, as Jair was on Calvin Ridley, who honestly, Calvin Ridley had a touchdown that was underthrown. It would have been like a 40-yard touchdown against Jair. He had like another player where he had 30 yards. So it really would have been easy for Matt Ryan if he was accurate in that game against the Packers to complete two passes for like 70 yards and a touchdown for Ridley. And then we're not praising Jair. Look, I'm a Packers fan. I love Jair, but I think that he is a very strong cornerback. I don't think that he's going to absolutely shut down all these top end wide receivers. Now, this matchup for Will Fuller is definitely not a positive one, according to pro football focus and I don't think that it's a positive one but if you're talking about game stacking and runback options yes Will Fuller is definitely going to be in those stacks and I would assume that I get a good amount of him based on my projection and based on the amount of Deshaun Watson that I'm projecting to get right now I want to have Will Fuller I don't want to just have Randall Cobb Darren Fells and Brandon Cooks Kenny Galladay according to Pro Football Focus is the number one matchup of the entire week against Kendall Sheffield of Atlanta this Atlanta secondary is absolutely brutal if you can somehow fit together a lineup that is Matt Ryan and make it actually good not just put dust in your other spots and this is why it gets hard but Matt Ryan Julio Jones Calvin Ridley running back with Kenny Galladay. I mean, that looks like a fantastic stack. If you ever tried to create one in a lab, that would be the one. The issue is that they're all really expensive and the upper six is now for Kenny Galladay, but a positive 67% advantage against Kendall Sheffield, who has allowed a 71% overall completion percentage. And get this, 2.79 yards per coverage route this year is absolutely insane. If you're talking about all the guys in the slate, that is the second worst mark on the slate. Only Lamar Jackson of the New York Jets. Yes, Lamar Jackson, the defensive back is worse on this slate. He has a 33.9 overall grade. I mentioned how the forties were bad on a Test, right earlier, that we talked about. Well, 33.9 is just as worse. Not good at all. So, those are some of the top guys. Tyler Lockett also going to be involved in stacks. Tyreek Hill is going to be too under-owned and underappreciated, in my opinion. Like, he's going to still be 12, 15% owned. But when you stack him up with Patrick Mahomes, when you stack him up with Travis Kelsey, that stack is probably going to be unowned this week. For a guy with a 35% overall air yard target, being targeted in the red zone, over 15 yards per attempt in terms of air yards, that's very good to see. $6,400 is too cheap. Now, this is somebody that I'm surprised isn't just like 25% owned. Keenan, now, I don't know how he's not higher-owned. He's averaging 10 targets per game. He's averaging all the opportunity in the world with Justin Herbert. It seems like he's over this back injury. And I mean, he got the back injury scoring a touchdown, right? He had two catches for like 29 yards and a touchdown in like the first drive. And then he ends up coming out. This guy is going to continue to put up big numbers. Now he is officially questionable with a back injury. So keep an eye on that. Positive 44% advantage against Trey Herndon. This is a strong spot for Keenan Allen. He's somebody that I want to be all over this week in a lot of formats. 31% target share in the year. He's third in red zone target share at 32% so far. He's currently seeing 10.2 targets per game. In my opinion, he should be 10% higher owned. So I'm going to have a lot of Keenan Allen at this. This price tag. Brandon Cooks is a yes to fill out some of those stacks as well. He'll probably get the matchup against Kevin King. You're having DeAndre Hopkins and Michael Thomas as the other really expensive wide receivers that I, of course, am going to have interest in. Runback options in the stacks for Seattle or primary stacking option for Kyler Murray. Michael Thomas is going to be a nice one-off spot in a lot of lineups. I don't think Michael Thomas will pick up as much ownership as he should because he doesn't just grade out as a nice stacking option. I think Michael Thomas is actually going to be maybe by that one due this week. We'll see because I think he's going to be very low owned because nobody's really going to stack up the scenes. Nobody's really going to run back the scenes with Carolina. So he's going to be a lot of one-off situations and a lot of people are going to opt for Adams or Hopkins in those situations or the Atlanta guys a sneaky stack opportunity it's a tougher matchup now with the secondary being healthy but it would be like a Teddy Bridgewater stacked up with DJ Moore and Anderson running it back with Michael Thomas that's you get exposure to a low on Thomas and all these wide receivers are probably going to be relatively low on now DJ Moore finally broke out did his thing last week put his thing down but it just as easily could be Robbie Anderson this week with both still seem like strong options so that's where the appeal at least comes in to stack them up I think both will pick up around 10 percent ownership Terry McLaurin's getting a lot of traction he ended up being a yes because he does participate Out nicely for me, but I do want to just say hesitate here because it is Kyle Allen. He's still getting all the same volume, though it's just not as quality volume, so it's not really producing as much output in terms of uh, overall points compared to projection. But he has the matchup against Dallas. It's going to look very strong. Terry McLaurin is a strong option. He is going to be chalky. I'm not going to be stacking up this team. I'm maybe going to be running it back on the Dallas side with Terry McLaurin if I stack Dallas. I'm not sure how much I would get of Andy Dalton stacks. The matchup against Daryl Worley, who right now is a positive 30% advantage. Worley allowing an 83% catch rate it's a strong spot. I can't say really many bad things outside of the quarterback play being awful. If the ownership comes up, I can fade it a little bit easier because of that. Some cheap options in the 4K range. AJ Green came back to life last week, ladies and gentlemen. Came back to life in a pretty decent and and not major way, but eight catches on 11 targets for 96 yards. He'll likely face Terrence Mitchell while he'll have a positive 14% matchup. I like AJ Green. He's still averaging seven and a half targets per game. He's still top 20 in routes run. He's six in deep targets and he's cheap at 4,300. Deontay Johnson is somebody to call out. I don't have any interest in Chase Claypool at his price point. He missed week six due to an injury. Where he's missed a couple weeks now due to injuries. If he's out, James Washington will see an increased role. Right now, Johnson, when he's healthy, he's an 18.5% target share, 23 targets and 14 receptions through the first two weeks before he got banged up for the first time. So I like him at 4,200. We had all these expectations of him. If he's out there, you're really starting to play some like you know Russian roulette with loading this clip up based on the fact that he's been hurt two of these weeks that he goes out there and he just ends all your lineups. But I think he's interesting. And then MVS at 4,100. If you want to be running it back with a cheaper option in your Houston stacks, or if you want to be stacking up Aaron Rodgers with Devontae Adams, a very cheap way to do that stack is then having Marcus Valdez-Scantling as your second option, running it back maybe with a cheap Randall Cobb and or Brandon Cooks. And you have a pretty cheap stack with high upside there. I think MVS is going to be in tar- line for about five or six targets. A lot of deep opportunities in this game as well. And then there's a long laundry list of maybes that I'll put on the screen right now quickly if you're watching on the YouTube video. It's just guys from the Dallas game. It's basically all the Dallas receivers. It's Crowder who has not practiced as of this recording so far this week. It's the other Cincinnati receivers and Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins. It's guys like Russell Gage and Randall Cobb who are filling out the rest of some of my stacks. Marvin Jones, uh, Hunter Renfro To an extent. So, those types of guys are on this list right now for a player pool for me, at least. Let's go over now to the tight end position to close it up this week. And with this Patriots game getting added, we actually opened up the opportunity to maybe have a punt option this week. We'll get into that in a second, but there's studs on this slate George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, and Darren Waller. Right now, if I look at my tight ends overall in terms of my value plays on these tight ends, my number one play is still going to be Travis Kelsey, then Darren Waller, and then Hunter Henry as of right now. So, I like those guys a lot. You're still going to get targets, right? You're getting at least seven targets per game out of all these guys. In the terms of Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey, you're getting over eight targets per game. Waller, 9.4 targets per game is up there right now, basically tied with Kittle for the most of anybody on the slate. And all of those four tight ends that I just mentioned are seeing at least 18% of their overall team's air yards, with all of them, besides Kittle, seeing 20% of their team's air yard market share, which is very good to see, especially for Hunter Henry, who, compared to the rest who are in the six-game range, Henry's just $4,500. So I think that if you're looking for a one-off, Travis Kelsey would be the one-off. If you're just looking for a strong opportunity play, the guy's going to see seven targets, red zone usage, downfield usage. Hunter Henry at $4,500 really does fit that bill. But just keep in mind that the ownership is probably going to be there on these guys. But even saying now for tight ends, there's so many of them that may be some of the chalky guys. Like I, I think Kelsey and Kittle will be chalky. They'll be the highest zone. Darren Waller now being on the slate will balance that out. But then these other guys like Hunter Henry and all the guys we're about to talk about, probably maybe 10%, but mostly 6 to 8% owned. Eric Ebron would be my final yes at 4K. I'm kind of hesitant to make him a maybe. I'm not sure how much I like him over Darren Fells. things like that. I'll call out that if indeed Jordan Atkins is out, has not practiced through now Thursday of this week on, as I record on Friday morning, then Darren Fells becomes a pretty easy yes at $4,100, coming off of some pretty big games in the past weeks. Last week, he caught six of seven targets for 85 yards and a touchdown with no Jordan Akins. So if there's no Aikens again, $4,100 is just too cheap in my opinion. So far, you're probably gonna get a likely matchup against Oren Burks, who has not been good as a cover linebacker this year. Eric Ebron's going to basically see like a neutral matchup against Rashawn Evans right now. He's seen a 15% target share in the year, 18% of the red zone target share. So that's where the upside comes in. Eric Ebron can be a two touchdown tight end, which if I start to like him, three deep targets is pretty high for a tight end. It's eighth so far in the NFL. Only 7.3 opportunities or, or fantasy points per game, but the upside's going to come from that target share in the red zone. So he's the type of guy that, based on his target share, I think a lot of people are sleeping on Eric Ebron. I think that Eric Ebron is still going to pick up some ownership, but even then it's going to be like 5% owned. And now we get into some maybes. Darren Fells again, I'll, I'll move him to a yes if indeed Atkins is out. Robert Tony from the Packers still ran routes. He got hurt and he got banged up. So keep an eye on him. The lower body, I think, ankle injury. He got banged up, but he still ran a lot of routes. He's going to be touched on our bust though with Devontae Adams back, in my opinion. Now he get to Hayden Hurst, who's going to be in my Atlanta stacks. Hayden Hurst is probably going to be underowned and underappreciated, somewhere around four or five percent. He'll be in my Atlanta stacks. He should be higher owned than he is right now. He's somebody that I hope to like pair up with a Calvin Ridley running back and he's a cheap option to do that, to run it back then with Kenny Galladay. So I think that he's fine. And then to close some things up, Logan Thomas is okay. Austin Hooper right now is somebody that I continue to get to. Last week, even though he doesn't score, he puts up a nice stat line, 10 plus fantasy points in three straight games. He caught five passes on six targets for 52 yards. He's just been pretty solid out there, a top eight target share for tight ends, and he's still not expensive. He's still relatively cheap at 4K flat. And I think that you're not going to get any ownership on him either. I think that Eric Ebron will soak up more of that ownership, even though both of them will basically be unowned right now. But I do think that Austin Hooper is probably going to be a decent option. Maybe they're both like five percent on and then your punt option this week john W. Smith practiced in full you have no fan practicing so albert o and uh anthony first are cheap options that we can't play but with the slate now shifting over to having this tampa bay and las vegas game on the main slate and now 12 games it opens up rob gronkowski won but the punt option and cameron break starts to become alive now it's not a minimum punt play but it is a 2700 quarterback right now and in his first game basically since oj howard went down and got banged up you saw in week six that he played 35 percent of the snaps against the packers and now they got up big so they didn't have to run a lot of routes he was running a lot of routes In the first half, he probably would have ran somewhere around 15 routes. He had one catch. Overall, on one target for 11 yards. So this is more of a punt play, right? This is a guy that literally you're okay taking the zero on because you can go up in other spots. He's not a yes by any means, but if he was to run more outs and this game does stay close, I would project Cam Brate for somewhere around 15 overall routes run, projecting for somewhere around two or three targets, which is basically one to three receptions. So you're looking at anywhere from like zero to five fantasy points if he doesn't score a touchdown, or zero to 10 if he does. So it's not the greatest of punts. It's not the Irv Smiths of last week. It's not the Trey Burton's of last weeks. But if you're actually trying to look now for a a $2,000 tight end somewhere in there, low 2000s, 2700. He is likely the only option that I would choose from probably stick to the main guys up top. Darren Fells is going to become really attractive if he indeed gets to get that full start with no Atkins. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you all a ton in advance. Be sure to check out Jack Market. What y'all doing right now for looking at the tight ends, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle look like strong options and Darren Waller is going to look like a very strong option out of these tight ends. If you wanted to get some ownership towards one of them, I do like those guys quite a bit. So thank you so much for tuning in. Like and subscribe before you go check out Jock Market link down below the contest and also their app and website and then the biggest thing that you could really do for me to help me out is overall on patreon if you want to support me over there if you get any type of winnings if you do anything decent if you just want to support if you want to see what we got going on more tools it's not no charity over there it's a lot of tools things that i'm grinding behind the scenes the tools that help me win the tools that help some of our patrons having the best year out of our, all of my nfl years so far you can check it out linked down below patreon.com backslash sal underscore underscore peace out gang and i'll see you all in the next one